So, Rachel. Yeah? The Enterprise hosts a number of quarreling diplomats, including Spock's father. But someone on board has murder in mind. <gasps> what do you think you're going to get? I'm worried, Chris, that there's going to be a lot of Commodores in this episode. Could qualify for worst episode ever. If uh, so, could be some Kung Fu, though. Could be. So we're going to be going full Vulcan. I'm not keen, based on to bring and to pow those assholes. <laughs> Someone's probably planning to murder Spock's dad for power. Mm. Spock shouts, Dad! to save his life, but then gets a bollocking afterwards for being too over-emotional. Pretty solid. Let's see how right you are. Mm. Rachel watches Star Trek. Captain's log, stardate 3842.3. We have departed Vulcan for the neutral planetoid, codenamed Babel. Since it is in our sector, the Enterprise has been assigned to transport ambassadors of Federation planets to this vitally important council. The issues of the council are politically complex. The passengers, explosive. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I am Chris, and this is She Who Is My Wife. <laughs> Rachel Lackey. <laughs> oh, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> I'm trying to be more Vulcan. So, yeah. yeah, very good. It's the first episode. You might be able to hear it where we're both wearing our reading glasses. So stuff just got real. Yeah, we're old. That's all right. Yeah. What are your goals for this episode, Chris? My goals? Mm. To get to the end of it? Right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> A noble goal. <laughs> To be entertaining. Yeah. Maybe a little funny. I don't know. Okay. Maybe yeah. that's asking too much. <laughs> Set the bar high. What are you what are you looking for? I'm looking for a deep connection with Whoa. both you and everyone listening right now. Wow. Almost a sensual connection. Where is this going? Oh, I don't know. Let's uh find out. <laughs> <laughs> So the episode starts off with the Enterprise in orbit around Vulcan. They have picked up 114 ambassadors from other planets. Oh, that's too many. <laughs> Why? Well, that's just, that's asking for trouble, isn't it? This is just a transport. They're going to this place to actually do their discussion. They're going uh, to Babel. Yeah, it's just a little pre-party. Yeah, I guess it's so far out from any place that the Enterprise is picking everybody up. They're carpooling. Well, well that's, I admire that. Yeah. But that is a very long taxi ride, isn't it? Just get a few taxis. Well, they just can't afford to send a, another starship. You know, it's doing mm. more important investigation or defense against the Romulans or Klingons. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. Well, they're going to make it into a nice time. They're on their way to this neutral planetoid called Babel. And they're trying to, to decide if they're going to let this planet Korodan into the Federation. Korodan is a planet rich in dilithium, but it keeps getting stolen from them because they don't have the proper defenses. It's a feast for the eyes already this episode. We've got a blue skin girl. And the red shirts are brushing themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because they have to look good for the, the delegates. Or just getting little bits of lint off, kind yeah. of smoothing it down. So the Vulcan delegation shows up in a shuttlecraft. And McCoy complains about having to wear the dress uniforms. Then he asks Spock how to do the hand greeting again, seeming to have a hard time with it. So the outfits are strangling him and the salute is painful. Painful? <laughs> What a baby. Oh. Come on, man. He's having a hard day Suck and it's up. only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so the Vulcan representative is Sarek. He is the ambassador to Earth and he's got a human wife and her name is Amanda. Mm, I feel like he got that job because of her. He's not really a people person, is he? Oh, see, I thought it was since he's been dealing with Earth so much that he met Amanda while he was oh. on Earth. and then That makes more sense. 
Yeah. What she sees in him, I do not know. But Wowzers. none of my business. But it is that awesome actor that we've seen before in Balance of Terror, That's was it? right. Yeah, yeah. He played the Romulan captain uh, before. For some reason, Sarek serves up some cold lunch to Spock. Oh. Kind of out of the blue. Outrageous. Kirk asks if Spock wants to go down to Vulcan and see his family. And he says, uh, this is my family. Oh. It's like you and your roommate have thrown a very fancy party and your parents show up, blank you, and force you to eat a stone-cold meal deal for boots in front of everyone instead of the buffet. I mean, that's not even just a cold lunch. That's pre-packaged sandwich with someone else's choice of crisps and a smoothie that you don't like. And everyone else is just having a full buffet. Yeah. Even his mum. Yeah. I didn't, that was weird. She's not admonishing uh, Sarek at all. She no. just She just stands there and smiles. Yeah, benevolently, whilst yeah. totally blanking her son. Well, yeah, I think that's, again, the 1960s showing through, you know, the kind of the sexist, demure, Stand uh, by deferential woman. Yeah. I hoped it was a prank on Kirk. Psych, we love each other, really. But it wasn't. No, no. The Enterprise leaves the planet Vulcan and they head for Babel. Kirk gives a tour of the ship to Sarek and Amanda. Maiden name. Maiden name. Hug and kiss. <laughs> Amanda hug and yeah. kiss. That was her. Well, now it's Sarek, of course, because she's Aww. married. Yeah, but. Theus had a cheese dream, apparently, which escaped into reality for this episode. Just <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Costumes. Ridiculous. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it's pretty off the wall. Actually, it's funny that you say that because when they did the script, they were like, we can't afford to have all these aliens. Oh, yeah. And the writer, again, DC Fontana. Oh, hey, DC. Was like, hey, no, it all takes place on the Enterprise. We don't have to build any new sets. Ah, we don't have yeah. to do any of this stuff. Easy peasy. Yeah. The shuttlecraft business that was just reused stock footage because they were originally ah. going to have it on Vulcan. But then they were like, you know, forget that. Forget we can that. save money if we have them on the shuttlecraft. Come in. Good thinking. And they're all humanoid, basically, yeah. just antennae and stuff. Yeah. Kirk does a bit of prying and finds out that Sarek and Spock have had a rift because uh, Sarek wanted Spock to go to the Vulcan Science Academy and Spock wanted to join Starfleet. Can your dad identify with that in any way? I don't think so. I kind of did all the cool stuff that... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're he, doing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this. I mean, my dad, I think he thought all the stuff I did was cool. So uh, Sarek splits off from Amanda and Kirk, and she tells him that she thinks that this rift might be permanent because it's been going on for 18 years. Gosh. Wow. Wow, what effort has she made? Not that it's her responsibility alone, but what effort's been made in this time to heal this rift? Well, the thing is, they're Vulcans and they're logical. So mm. if they think their logic is flawless, then stay still wow do they not need their families it wouldn't be logical to make amends with the family uh i guess he doesn't need his family he's got starfleet that's yeah, his new family that, yeah, that's right it, yeah. he alludes to that doesn't he mm -hmm. so apparently sarek hasn't taken offense because that's a human emotion mm -hmm. but yet he can hold a massive grudge <laughs> so what's the difference <laughs> um you act in ways that seem logical or you can justify as being logical but really it's just like i don't want to talk to spock like because what information do we have to share with each other? There's no reason to converse. Oh, wow. I guess. I don't know. Ooh. I'm not Vulcan. And Amanda says Vulcan's logic is a better way than ours. So she's been nicely brainwashed there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we now go to a reception party where there's all manner of silly aliens, but mm -hmm. some Starfleet royalty. Uh, the Andorians and the Tellarites are there. They were part of the original founding of the Federation. Oh, are you saying they're royalty? Well, I mean, just they're special alien races oh. in the Star Trek lore. Because when 
Starfleet was founded, it was the humans, the Vulcans, the Tellarites, and the Andorians that started Starfleet. And oh. then other planets were, were gathered in. So in the Star Trek lore, mm -hmm. these are very important races. Oh, wow. And this is the first time we've met them. Yes. They did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> we spend a decent amount of time watching two gold-painted dwarfs in fezzes serve mm. themselves cocktails from a bong and eat dyed watermelon. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed that. That was good. Uh, the Tellarite <laughs> ambassador, this guy named Gav, uh, yeah, great name. Wants to know how Sarak is voting in a very aggressive manner. Yeah. We are told Tellarites are very argumentative in a way that's a little racist. Oh, maybe they're just truthing. But I mean, a whole race <laughs> has one personality trait. Seems yeah. kind of bigoted in mm. my opinion. You know, isn't there some... I'm sure maybe a lot of them are argumentative or they're aggressive in nature generally. But there's, you know, I'm sure there's a Tellarite that's totally chill. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. Stick up for him. So what is this vote? It's whether this planet can be allowed into the Federation yes. to be protected from yeah. being mined or stolen from. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're in the Federation, think of it as the EU. That's what I was thinking. You know, so you get certain benefits like interplanetary commerce, mm -hmm. uh, but also the military. They have one, Starfleet as a, as a military organization, so they will help protect the planet from outsiders. The laws will be tighter and they will be more well protected. Yeah, and you'd think it'd be a good thing for them. If you're listening to this episode in April 2019, I hope Brexit worked out okay. I guess we'll know then. <laughs> Kirk's doing a lot of smiling to get people in harmony. He's on real host duty there. Oh, oh yeah, sure. I like that. McCoy sneaks in to get the dirt from Spock's mother. Did he ever play like human kids do? Yeah, she confesses that he had a pet that he was very fond of called a sellout, saying it was like a fat teddy bear. And the McCoy, he oh, freaking loves the story yeah, he and he starts kind of jibing Spock about, oh, you had a little teddy bear? <laughs> And Spock goes, uh, salads have six inch long fangs. <laughs> we actually get to see the salad in episode of the animated series. One that DC Fontana writes as well. Yeah, oh, there she is. If we make it that far, maybe you'll get to see it. Mm -hmm. Is it cute? No. Oh. <laughs> it's basically a bear. A bear with fangs. It's a bear with really big fangs, yeah. <laughs> Mum's sporting some rad outfits. Variations on the opaque kaftan theme, but it never gets old, does it? No. <laughs> Sarek wants to leave the party, so he announces, My wife has had a long day, and ushers her out. Fancy trying that? <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes down? Uh, no. <laughs> on the bridge, Kirk finds out that the Enterprise is being followed by an unidentified ship. It won't answer hails, sensors can't penetrate it, and it's not authorized to be in the area of space. Mm. So back in their room, Amanda and Sarek talk, and he didn't like the way McCoy was being disrespectful to Spock. He says even a mother may not embarrass her son. And Amanda says, oh, you've got pride in Spock. And he says, no, I just think he was being treated unfairly. Why do you always try and humanize me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's really triggered by that, isn't he? <laughs> she must have been trying that for quite a while. Uh, probably their whole marriage. Yeah. But don't you think it's a parent's payment to be allowed to embarrass their kid? No. <laughs> we don't do it very no, often. No, I don't embarrass Not yet. No, no I'm you're not very sensitive to that. No, no, because I, I, that was something I really hated as a child. And Why? What did they used to do? I don't remember. Oh, they can't have done much then. My dad used to threaten, as you know, to come to school's parents' evening in hot pants and cowboy boots oh. if I was not. <laughs> so I wasn't. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's a he threat knew it was of a good threat. Yeah, yeah, that was a threat of embarrassment, not actually embarrassing. You, yeah. so. I don't like it when parents, you know, like, oh, look at you. Oh, I see you with that girl. You oh, like her. No, oh, no, that's you good. like her, don't you? When it's I'm like, like, oh, that's come the on. Worst. Way to ruin it. Don't ever do I'm don't never going to do that. I really should have called my dad's bluff, though. That would have been good. I didn't have that perspective then, but that would have been a lot more embarrassing for him, wouldn't it? Of course. He would have had to follow through too. 
Oh, he would have. Yeah, he would have. I don't know if he'd actually be embarrassed, though. <laughs> it's kind of a, a bit of a, a game of chicken. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be actually embarrassed by this? Maybe both of you. As a head teacher at the time as well. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> Escandalo. Sarek and Amanda make up with a two-fingered embrace. <laughs> <laughs> I love you anyway. Oh, yeah. It was kind of cute, wasn't it? The little two-fingered kiss. <laughs> I know that sounds like a euphemism, but it really was just their two fingers touching yeah. each other. Uh, back on the bridge, this cagey ship uh, decides it's going to buzz the Enterprise at warp 10. Now, again, this is the old warp 10, not the new warp 10. Oh, you were excited still, though. Because I was like, warp 10. I go, oh, wait, it's the old series. I forgot. Warp 10 uh, not when you turn into a lizard. <laughs> it's not warp lizard. Uh, but it doesn't fire on the ship it's just kind of staying out of phaser range at some point around here in the show kirk was topless <laughs> he was i can't remember why he was changing clothes for some reason in his room yeah and then it was just an excuse for some beefcake i guess oh yeah very hairless one for the ladies yeah looked good i thought people were saying that he was getting fat and stuff but he's not is he well this is a few episodes into the season so maybe he's back into shape oh so like when he first comes back after break he's got a few pounds and then right. he, you know he works out and then he gets slimmed and they're like okay Take off that shirt. Fair enough. <laughs> Back at the party, Gav bugs Sarek again about his vote. And Sarek finally relents and says, yeah, I'm going to vote Corridan in because it needs the Federation's protection against illegal dilithium mining, hinting there might be illegal tellurite mining going on. Ooh. So Gav gets ticked and he goes at Sarek, but then Sarek just like slams him back with very little effort. Mm. And then Kirk breaks up the fight. Goodness me. So a few hours later, Gav's corpse is found in a Jeffrey's tube. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very odd place to put a body. I didn't quite Head understand down, that. Yeah. So Kirk, Spock, and McCoy investigate the murder. Using the salt shaker. Turns out Gav's neck was broken in a very precise manner, leading Spock to conclude that it was done in a Vulcan style of execution called the Tal Shaya. They asked if Sarek could do it, and Spock said, oh, he's more than capable of it. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he would only do it if it was logical. Wow. It struck me there's something reassuring about knowing that Spock wouldn't lie. He wouldn't bend the truth to protect his father. Yeah. It's nice to be able to trust someone like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they confront Sarek and he says, oh yes, of course, it's logical. I'm a suspect, but I am innocent. He reveals that he's suffering from a cardiac illness that is getting worse. And he was alone meditating on the observation deck when the murderer transpired. Wow. And he says, Spock knows that what happens in meditation stays in meditation. <laughs> were you thinking what I was? <clears throat> they just wanted a lot of quiet and right. peace. I assume they were jerking off. Oh, come on. Why not? You really want that adult rating, don't you? Oh. <laughs> so Sark has another heart fluctuation and uh, he's taken a sick bay. So Kirk and Spock try to figure out who's following them in this mystery ship. They rule out the Romulans and the Klingons, but Ahura discovers there's a signal the ship is sending out and it's being received by someone on the Enterprise. Unfortunately, she can't pinpoint the location. Mm. Sarek's condition is worse, and McCoy says that he will need to operate to save him. Sarek says he's had three previous heart attacks, and he hasn't told his wife because there's nothing she could have done. Oh, it's just like you. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 uh -huh. uh -huh. uh, I complain a lot, is what my <laughs> wife is trying to say. However, the surgery requires a lot of blood, and Sarek has a very rare blood type. Spock says that he has that same blood type, and any human impurities can be filtered out. <laughs> then I... What? As if. What? Ridiculous. He's got human like blood and they're able to filter the human blood out, but yeah. they can't deal with a Vulcan of a different blood type. Yeah. They don't have any other Vulcans though, do they? There was no, there was definitely another Vulcan that came off the shuttle with them. Oh, right. That for me, I was like, uh, you could have yeah. came up with some better <laughs> one on that one. Anyway, Spock doesn't have enough blood for this operation, but there is this experimental medicine that increases blood production. Now, Sarg can't take it because he's too weak, but Spock can. 
So now we've got Spock in jeopardy as well. Mm-hmm. So Amanda is against risking both of them, and they go back and forth on this a bit. And meanwhile, Chapel's kind of wandering around in the background, looking a bit deflated, I thought. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with her. Mm. She seemed kind of sad and worried, but about yeah. what? But was it the character or was it the actress? I don't know. Mm, I think she was bringing home to work that day. <laughs> <laughs> McCoy says he's never operated on a Vulcan. That's so slack. Yeah. He's had a Vulcan on board this whole time he's responsible for. Yeah. Sounds like he knows where all the parts are and that's about it. Yeah. They must have surgery simulators or something. Oh, well, maybe he, they do and he's done those, but mm. he's never actually operated on a real Vulcan. Yeah, it didn't seem like he had though. No. Got to do a sabbatical on Vulcan. Oh no, that would explode his brain, wouldn't it? Never mind. <laughs> Chris, what operations would you have a go at if it meant the person would die otherwise? Any. Any? Whoa! If they're going to die anyway. What would you try? I mean, wait, are you just saying like just completely out raw? Like I don't know anything? Like I don't have any don't reference books? Well, I suppose maybe if you have your phone, you could look up some YouTubes on how to do open heart surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they were going to die anyway, they were going to die either in a big bloody mess <sighs> under my knife or they're going to die... In a natural way. And would you do, would you amputate a limb if that was going to save them? You mean like zombie apocalypse style? Yeah, if it was going to go gangrenous and there was only the two of you out there for weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because they would already be in a lot of pain and stuff would be messed up. Yeah. If I, I, you know, I wear a belt so I can. Yeah, you know, yeah. Turn it and off. Yeah, do That's all that it. stuff. I'd have a go at that viral one in the neck if someone was choking. Is that why you do it? I don't know. You know, like you use a, oh, a biro, yeah, to try yeah. and get air to them if there was nothing else. Yeah. Cut to Kirk in the hallway fighting an Andorian. Well, why? What? What is going on? What's going on? What happened to your diplomacy? It was a bit jarring, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> of course you did. Because they were just Kirk like, Fu. it's awesome Kirk Fu, but they don't bother with like just Kirk walking down the hall. Yeah. And then the guy sneaking up behind him and get, they're like, no, we got to get to this. Yeah. We've got we have, too much to pack into this too, episode. Exactly. So they're just like, okay, so they're fighting. Kirk, of course, beats him, but only after he's stabbed in the back. Yeah, he's just done an awesome jump kick. And then he follows it up by just putting his back towards the guy. Such a terrible idea. Kirk's very stoical as he calls for help, but then he faints. Uh, the Andorian is taken to the brig and Kirk is taken to sick bay. Since Kirk is out of action, Spock is now in command. And since he's in command, he is not able to help Zarek. He has responsibility to the ship and he can't just give that up for personal privilege. Wow. It's really bringing the difference to the fore in this conflict between Vulcans and humans. Yeah. It would be more wrenching if he had a relationship with his dad. Yeah. But I still thought it was an interesting concept. Well, I think he still does have, obviously, a relationship with his dad. And as we see at the end of the episode, there is a kind of a reconciliation. So they both, mm. I think, miss each other, but they're both mm. too stubborn. Stubborn. To... Well, let's talk about that at the end. Yeah. Spock goes to the brig to question the Andorian, but he's not talking. The leader of the Andorian says, look, I know who this guy is. He just started working for us. He did his job well, but I, that's it. I don't really know much about him. He stresses that the Andorian people have no quarrel with Kirk or with Starfleet. And this guy was acting on his own. Mm. So Amanda comes to Spock to convince him to help Sarek, but Spock is unmoved. We learn Spock was bullied as a child for being not quite Vulcan. His mum's saying that appealing to his human side, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But she is furious with him for not being persuaded and she slaps him. Ah, she's got a nerve. That She's worried about her husband. Man. So Kirk comes to and McCoy uh, fills him in on what's going on. Kirk is really messed up, but he tells McCoy, look, I'm a good faker. <laughs> so why don't we just get me patched up and then I'll go in onto the bridge and then we'll tell Spock you're relieved go help Sarek and then once he's gone I'll call <laughs> Scotty up and then give him command and McCoy's like oh yeah anything to pull one over on Spock is, oh. I'm up for that 
pure oh. Kirk plan there, isn't it? <laughs> like, if I can't break the Prime Directive this episode, I'm going to completely undercut Spock's decision. Yeah. Kirk goes up to the bridge in his wrap over. Yeah. yeah. And Spock looks puzzled, but goes along with it. He's such a badass Kirk, acting like he's fine. Yeah. After Spock leaves, Kirk is about to hand command over to Scott when the alien ship comes closer and sends another message. Uhura traces it to the brig. Now McCoy starts the blood transfusion and the operation. While that's going on, the Andorian attempts to escape but is stunned. And when he falls, his antenna breaks off and there's like a little transmitter in it. Oh. Now, obviously, it's a fake antenna, but... You, uh, not obviously, because well, you know, no, you, you've I didn't never know what seen was going these on. aliens before. So maybe no. their antennas break. Maybe that's the well, thing yeah. that happens. Yeah. So the ship attacks the Enterprise. It's insanely fast. And the Enterprise can't get a lock on it. They fire and miss. Chekhov says the ship only has phasers and doesn't seem like it could actually beat the Enterprise. Hmm. Meanwhile, a doctor's anxiety dream has escaped into reality. And McCoy is trying to operate on a species for the first time ever while being thrown about under attack. I mean, he remains very calm and cool. Yeah, oof, the whole thing, goodness yeah. sake. He does snip at Chapel a bit, but... You would though, wouldn't yeah. you? So it... <laughs> <laughs> Not because of anything she's done wrong. The ship continues attacking while McCoy tries to operate. It's causing problems for a surgery, and if the attacks don't stop, he may lose both patients. They bring the Andorian prisoner to the bridge and confront him about what's going on. Oh, what a terrible idea. Sm- Makes it so vulnerable up there. Yeah. Smugly, the Andorian says, oh, I'm not telling you a thing, but I will enjoy watching this small ship destroy the Enterprise. Ugh. I guess with him on board. So in surgery, Sarek's heart stops and they have to find a portable device because uh, the main systems are offline. Is it a defibrillator type thing? I guess so. Hmm. It's science. (laughs) So on the bridge, the Andorian is a smug jerk. So Kirk has a risky ploy. He drops the shields and makes the Enterprise look like it's more hurt than it really is. Is that why they turned out the lights? Yeah. So the enemy vessel goes in close for the kill, but then pow, surprise, (laughs) the alien ship is disabled. (laughs) The alien ship is disabled, but when they go in to investigate it, it blows itself up. So obviously no prisoners for them. The Andorian says, I'm self-destructing as well and dies of some self-administered poison. Yikes. I'm going to die in 10 minutes. Oh no, I'm miscalculated. I'm going to die now. (laughs) (laughs) So Kirk, it's revealed that the Andorian wasn't really an Andorian. He was an Orion cosmetically altered to look like. Oh, cosmetically altered, not just makeup. No, no. Okay. So the Orions were the ones doing the illegal mining and they didn't want the Starfleet's presence there. So they figured if they'd start some infighting with Starfleet, it would cause problems and then they wouldn't become a member. So. So do we know what the Orions look like? They're the green-skinned. The, the Orion slave girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the Orions. You don't really see them much. Actually, they have a storyline with them on the series Enterprise with Scott Bakula, mm-hmm. which is very far, far in the future for us, <laughs> if that ever happens. Uh, so is this the first time we've seen um, cosmetic surgery in the show? Yes. Yeah, it, add it, that to the concept. It does come up quite a bit, though, even oh. in the original series. There's okay. an episode that I... I got mine specifically that I think you'll find very entertaining. Oh, good. So Kirk discovers that Sark's surgery was a success and that Spock is doing fine as well. And uh, both of them seem to be in a better mood as much as Vulcans can be. They At least they're talking to each other. And now he's got some of Spock's nice blood. He can actually be nice again. <laughs> I think they should have got him by putting some of the human blood in there too. He wouldn't have liked that. Uh, That'd show him. Would it? Then he'd feel. I mean, his wife is... <laughs> human so he's not, he can't be that racist yeah that's true anyway this episode ends with not one but two funny scenes first 
Spock and and I'm funnies in quotes. Uh, yeah. yeah. First, Spock and Sarek team up to tease Amanda about her lame human obsession with emotion. <laughs> and then Spock goes, why did you marry her? And then he says, it seemed logical at the time. What? <laughs> So mean. Take my wife, please. And uh, this bit as a weak Kirk tries to walk. No, no. no, If you keep arguing with your kindly family doctor, you're going to spend your next 10 days right here. If you cooperate, you'll be out in two. Doctor, I think I'll return to my station now. You are at your station, Mr. Spock. Dr. McCoy, I believe you're enjoying all this. Indeed, Captain. I've never seen him look so happy. Shut up! Well, what do you know? I finally got the last word. Did it, so? Did he actually look at the camera? It was slightly off camera, wasn't it? it but it was, was he supposed to be off? No, no, it's slightly off. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does feel like it's breaking the fourth wall a, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so zany that guy. So zany. Uh, So concepts. Again, the science fiction aspects of this aren't very strong. There's Mm -hmm. no real big concepts here. But what's cool about this episode is the character drama and the action and the mystery of it all. This was, once again, like I said, DC Fontana, who I have to say is probably my favorite writer of the original series. Whoa, shout out to DC. Yeah, she's done my fave episodes. So DC, uh, this is a quote from her, an interview that she says. She says, I sat down and created two characters emphasizing the triangular relationship, the rift between Sarek and Spock with Amanda positioned in the middle. Mm. One of the points I wanted to make believable in Babel was that both Spock and Sarek were right, as their own convictions applied to themselves, and wrong as their convictions applied to each other. Hmm. It was really about the generation gap, which can be either a wall or, you know, something warm and lovely. And in this case, it was a wall, as far as between the father and the son. Fontana also reckoned that the family dynamic of having a hybrid son biologically emphasize the difference between them she says it was bound to create a lot of character problems ah interesting that she actually focused first on the relational aspects of it yeah but what is the difference between spock and a regular vulcan or his dad for example it doesn't seem like there is any difference it seems like he's pretty much vulcan he feels but he suppresses it but outwardly but they Vul- seem the same. But Vulcans do have emotions and suppress them. It's all the same. Like, are they better at it, though? I guess so. Than ones who are part human. As far as I can tell, this whole Spock is part human business mm. is all in name only. Because biologically, he's got green blood. You yeah. know, like, like he just seems Vulcan. Yeah. When it's convenient, they'll bring out that he's mixed species, but it doesn't really factor in. It doesn't make much sense, yeah. that distinction. Yeah. So Kirk was finally successful in the position of diplomat. Mm-hmm. He didn't even break the prime directive. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks with a bunch of drinking diplomats from different planets was bound to get heated. Sure. But apart from one of them dying, <laughs> <laughs> getting attacked and having a fight with one, he managed to keep it pretty peaceful. Yeah, yeah. Well, he wasn't really a diplomat diplomat that guy he was a spy yeah, yeah, posing true. as a diplomat yeah so. that's, yeah take that off his record yeah <laughs> <laughs> the medical technology was interesting being able to remove human elements from spock's blood supposedly mm. um undercut by the as if quality of his blood being the same as his dad's we had the experimental drug to increase blood supply and some kind of defibrillator as well spock was only at home with starfleet and those are his family was introduced this episode. I imagine some people find that in the army. Maybe they were alluding yeah. a parallel there. Sure. Um, or maybe on a TV set even, for them a more personal <laughs> parallel. 
Well, that's a bit meta, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was cut off by his dad for disappointing him or something less human than mm-hmm. that being disloyal to his culture or was it just like you said that they wouldn't have anything to talk about anymore because they were working in different areas i think that there is wiggle room with logic hmm. even though the vulcans to be, yeah. don't want there to be but you know are you going to be logical in the moment are you going to be logical long term hmm. are you uh are going to be logical with relationships how much logic do you present when you're making these decisions especially with marriage was it logical for him to marry a human how much of that is based out of just like personal desire or sexual attraction? Is that logical? I would yeah. think that Amanda would have to make that because she's a human and she has to be attracted to him. Yeah. Was it an arranged marriage or even arranged by them as some kind of diplomatic yeah. So I, I think that how logical one is, is up for debate. As DC said, the central theme was a relational one. And it's a big concept cutting across history and culture of a disapproving father who's distant and the mum standing by her man instead of having warmth for her son or or even trying to repair it really i mean Mm -hmm. she did give it a little bit of a go her codependency i empathized with spock for having to face all of that in front of everybody but i don't know whether he felt that pain yeah he chose to command the ship during a risky crisis instead of saving his dad and why do you think kirk swooped in to undermine spock's decision because he trusts scotty just as much or because he values family over the ship well, I, I think both. I think I think um, Scotty's probably knows what he's doing. And also Spock is the only one that could save Sarek's life. Yeah. Not only is he his father, but he is an important ambassador. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer to me, but... Yeah, that would be on Kirk's record, wouldn't it, if he died on the ship? Yeah. So, what'd you give it? Uh, I give it a four for concepts. Oh. Again, it's not very sci-fi. This could have been a, a drama on an American battleship. The sci-fi aspects of it don't really factor into it. Hmm. There's no crazy concepts that are like, whoa, that's blowing my mind. Cosmetic surgery, but of course we've got that now anyway. That's not blowing my mind. Yeah, but you can't have cosmetic surgery to look like a different species, can you? You can't pass as a bear or something, can you? Well, no, but they're basically humans. So it's like, (laughs) come on, it's not that different. (laughs) Just some antenna. You you had some antenna and you change your skin color and you dye your hair color, you know, like, come on. Yeah, well, I give it a seven because I'm including the relational concepts as well. Well, I factored that into my uh, rating for entertainment, which is Ooh, next. Really? I actually love this episode. It's a rock solid story. It's got a breakneck. <laughs> See uh. what I did there? <laughs> Pace. It's funny. We learn a lot more about Spock, uh, which I always think is a good thing. <laughs> of course. And I give it a nine. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we really hit the alien motherload, didn't we, with this one? It was like a Christmas cheese dream. <laughs> Introduced to multiple species, the grumpy pig guys in their reflective silver suits. Tell right. And the blue antenna guys with the white wigs and the tabards and tights. And Dorian's. <laughs> Add in Spock's mum and dad and her costumes. Yeah. Amazing. Kirk Fu. Yeah, it was some great Kirk Fu. An operation during an attack. A dead pig in the Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> Topless Kirk. <laughs> I don't know what more people want. I wasn't really that interested, actually, in the being chased and attacked element of it. I just wanted to get back to the party and the Spock and his dad dynamic. Well, because it wasn't much wasn't going on initially. You wanted to get back to the good stuff. Yeah. So did I. And I get that they did need to have that element to the story to make it all come together. But there was just so much going on in that one story. Share yeah. it out. We've watched some episodes where it's just looking at the clock constantly. This, are they still dragging out this same yeah. conversation? And this one, wah! Yeah, it was Could just barely even so breathe. fast. Yeah, it was great. 8.5. So sexiness. For me, the two finger touching is probably the hottest thing <laughs> that I've ever seen on any kind of media. <laughs> 
<laughs> a 10. I give wow. it a 10. No, I don't. Uh, this episode, unfortunately, was not very sexy at all. Yeah, you didn't see what they did later. No, I didn't. And that would have increased the sexiness <laughs> rating if I did. So I give it a three. Well, come on. Topless Kirk, smiley and badassy. Yeah. Uhura looked good. Yeah. I wanted to give Spock a hug. Yeah. He wouldn't have liked it. That's not sexy, though. No. Nice outfits on his mum. But where were the female aliens? What a ripoff that was. All right, yeah. Or were they? All right. Who am I to judge? Yeah, maybe the Tellarite they weren't. females look just like... Maybe Gav was a, a female. Could have been. You don't know. He wasn't. Four. All right. Uh, so did you meet your goals, Chris? Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't. We'll, we'll have to see what people say about this particular episode, if they thought it was funny or entertaining. And, yeah. And uh, the comments are basically how one judges their success. Yeah. Let me know if I connected with you all on a deep level. <laughs> mm. Did I connect with you? Uh, of course, you always yeah. connect with me on, oh, a, on a very deep level. That's great. So the next episode is one that I don't remember by name, Friday's Child. Ooh, so, right. Okay. Yeah. Do you think we're going to have some actual children? Probably not. I'm sure once I see it, I'll remember it. Because I, I know there's some of the wacky ones where they don't have much of a budget. So they use mm. sets. There's like a Roman episode and there's like a, right. Good, yeah. a 1920s gangster episode. Whoa. And there's like, yeah, there's all this stuff. Went meant to Vasquez Rocks for a while. Well, Rachel, it's been a joy. To watch this show with me. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Very silly. You can all see a theme by now. It's the campiest, most costumey ones that I'm enjoying the most. Right. Thank you, patrons. All right, well, with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek!